Hello, you magnificent human, and welcome to season two, episode one of the Inside Out podcast. And I am your host, Kira Makata. So I am joined by the amazing Ashley Daly. Ashley is a women's empowerment coach, the creator of the Tribe for Life podcast, and a post-primary school teacher based in Cork. Ashley is immensely passionate about helping women find clarity and confidence to access their inner power and to unlock their potential. Her approach to coaching is, in her own terms, heart-centred and intuitive, and her overarching vision is to assist people to create authentic and empowered and inspired lives. I'm interested in personal development and mindset in 2011, when she attended a personal development seminar in Sydney, Australia and eventually went on to qualify as a personal business and addiction coach. Upon discovering how powerful our thoughts are in shaping and creating our reality, Ashley began studying and researching the law of attraction and manifestation. Upon creating her first vision board, she was amazed at the speed at which she manifested her goals. Ashley now hosts vision board workshops to help others to become clear about their values, to set exciting goals and to utilise the law of attraction to begin manifesting their dreams into a reality. I cannot wait for you to hear this story, so let's get into it. It's lovely to be back on, on the other side with you. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. Um, Ashley, welcome to the Inside Out podcast. I am I'm so, so excited to have you on um, my podcast. Um, Ashley Daly, you're a women's empowerment coach and a primary school teacher. Um, how are you? I'm great. Yeah, good, good. Uh, feeling good. Happy New Year to you. And Happy New Year to you too. And just to clarify, I'm a post-primary teacher. Oh, but... sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, so tell me about you. About me. Okay, so I'm, I'm based in Mallow in Cork. Um, as we said, I'm a women's empowerment coach and a post-primary teacher. I'm married for the past two and a half years and expecting our first baby in three weeks time. So big changes ahead, um, exciting adventures ahead and um, yeah, surrendering away to the unknown and trusting that it'll all work out. Um, so I, I'm a full-time teacher, but I do the coaching on the side. So I just qualified as a coach in May 2020 and started my business Thrive for Life in June then and started taking on clients and did some workshops um online I I was planning to do them face to face but that didn't work out and so I did a few vision board workshops so learning about starting a business has been really exciting and I've really enjoyed it and being part of so many different women's growth journeys has just been such a privilege and um yeah I I suppose I just really love helping other people in any way that I can and I would have trained a couple of years ago as a personal trainer and a nutrition coach and I always knew there's something that I wanted to do on the side teaching and I suppose I found that through that work that it's more around the mindset and the emotional health I suppose um, and being a support in that way uh, than the kind of physical transformation I suppose yeah. and that, that's really what lights me up so I was drawn then to the coaching and um, yeah it feels really aligned for me and I just 
love doing coaching and love that work. Wonderful. Um, well done and all you've achieved. Um, talk to me about what brought you to coaching. So, um, as I said, I was doing the personal training on the side, um, qualified as a personal trainer, I was doing that on the side, then did the nutrition coaching, and I was uh, training clients in Cork in a gym after school in the evenings. And um, I knew there was something else calling me. I've always been interested in personal development, well, not always, but since 2011. So um, in 2011, myself and my now husband, then boyfriend, Andy, we went to Australia for about 10 or 12 months. And we stayed with his sister, Pearl, in Sydney. And she is an executive coach. So she brought us along to um, a talk or a seminar in Darling Harbour with Dr. John Martini, and it was the first time that I'd ever really heard about values and heard about the power of our thoughts and the law of attraction. It was a whole new world for me. So prior to that, I suppose I would have had a lot of negative self-talk. The inner dialogue wouldn't have been very healthy. I would have struggled with um, body image and binge eating and social anxiety. Now I had a very happy life, but you know, just ch challenged with those things internally. Um, and I think going to that talk back in 2011 was kind of a, a catalyst for my own growth journey. It just started things turning in my mind and, and it opened me up to a new way of thinking and a new world. So um, I didn't really delve much further into the whole personal development field until probably 2018 again when I started reading some more books I read You Were a Badass by Jen Sincero and that is such a brilliant book it's so it's so practical in terms of the the tips that she offers and as a result of reading that book like within such a short space of time I was like yes I'm going to be a personal trainer because I just kind of started challenging my own eating behaviors and my attitude to exercise and fitness I had kind of started letting go of that all or nothing approach and I felt like it was an area that I could help people. So I did the personal training course and started working with clients in the gym in Cork, as I said, in the evening times and really enjoyed being part of people's journeys. But I really felt that it was more the mind and the emotions and processing any limiting beliefs and emotional blocks that might be holding people back. That's kind of the area I wanted to go into. But I didn't really know anything about coaching as such. So um, I was out walking one evening and I was just thinking and I I'd kind of heard coaching had kind of come up in some shape or form and I was thinking about it and I said, do you know what, when I go home now, I'm going to go on Instagram and see if I could find a coach maybe and get myself a coaching session and just see what it's about and find out a bit more and experience what it's like to be coached. So I came home from my walk and I had a private message in on my Instagram page from uh, coach in Dublin called Rachel Smith saying it was International Coaching Week and that she was offering free 20-minute sessions and would I be interested or would someone I know be interested I might share and I was like oh thank you universe <laughs> so um, I asked and the universe delivered within about 20 minutes and <laughs> so so I, I took Rachel up on that offer and I'm still working with Rachel she's still my coach she's one of my coaches and um I, I started exploring ideas and coaching really came up for me as something that I, I might really be interested in. And as it turned out, I was doing the breakthrough experience with Dr. John Martini um, a couple of weeks after that coaching session. So 
went along to that, which was something I had said back in 2011 I would do when I could afford it. And um, it was fabulous to do that. So that was May of 2019, did that course or did that breakthrough experience. And through the breakthrough experience, I got real clarity on what it was that I wanted to do. And the word empowerment coaching came up for me as being really strong about helping others to kind of break through limiting beliefs, to kind of shift perspectives and to move forward and to grow. Um, and that's kind of how the idea came about. So I signed up for the Irish Life Coach Institute coaching course. So it was the personal and business coaching course. And I went, I started that in October of 2019, finished in May 2020. And I went on and did an addiction coaching certificate with the ILI as well after that. Um, so that's kind of how I got into the coaching. And I suppose it was just, I got more clarity that it was mostly women that I, I probably was best to work with. Um, I feel that stronger sense of connection and um, I suppose it's the relatability and I, I really feel around emotional health and managing your emotions and working through emotional blockages. Um, but I do work with some men, but it's mostly women that I work with. And I think it's incredible because um, as coaches, we can come off, um, you know, we share our experience, our lived experience. But I think as coaches, listening with lived experience is, is far greater and it's, it's incredible. I, that's my personal view as well and I know it's probably the same for you Um, I'd like to go back with your permission if that's okay to um, body image because I think it's a really important topic Um, I suppose what did you struggle with most maybe where did it come from and how did you overcome it yeah so um, I'd probably start by saying I don't know that I have ever overcome all of the the issues around food I think it, it can flare up from time to time and it's just around managing that and about bringing self-compassion that if you have a blip on your journey or if you fall back into an old behavior an old passion it doesn't mean that everything you've done is gone um so I've learned to be very self-compassionate um throughout my journey but for me um as a teenager I started putting on weight maybe when I was in like third year or fourth year and um I went along then to Weight Watchers when I was probably 16 years old to try and lose the weight because it was affecting my confidence and I just didn't feel good in myself. So through Weight Watchers, I lost probably three and a half stone within a very short space of time, I'd say within about six or seven months. Um, And I think that was probably the start of my disordered eating now obviously I wasn't eating extremely healthy beforehand to say that I was carrying extra weight uh, but I really started to adopt this all or nothing approach and started to see food items as either being really good or really bad and that if you have one of the bad things you may as well have all of the bad things because you've ruined it and it just starts that all or nothing mentality and I, I do remember you know, being in leaving cert and having like a rice cake and a slice of ham for my lunch, you know, it, it just got to a point where I was trying to beat the system and have as few, it was points back then, as few points as possible. Um, and I think the level of restriction that I started engaging in, and, and that might not be everyone's experience. There might be people that do Weight Watchers and it really works for them. I think everyone is individual. Um, but I think the level of restriction that I started engaging in because I was probably getting addicted to those results of seeing the numbers going down the scales and and uh, that level of restriction I think my body just wanted to eat and I think then once I started eating I started binge eating 
and <clears throat> my binge eating behavior definitely started after losing all of that weight but what was amazing was that even when I lost all of that weight and I was the leanest and thinnest that I ever was I was probably the most miserable I was obsessed and I never felt that I was good enough so losing the weight didn't achieve what I wanted which was to feel more confident and feel happier in myself um, so it's been it's been a long journey of just working through all of that but um, I suppose the binge eating was quite secretive for a long time and then I I just started admitting it to myself and to my my husband Andy and started talking to him about it and I've tried lots of different things have helped me along the way I did CBT for a while so cognitive behavioral therapy which helped me to see that um, when I was feeling maybe very stressed or anxious that's when I was typically starting to engage in binge eating behaviors um, and yeah it's just been a long road of just learning to love myself exactly as I am and I find Louise Hay's work is amazing Louise Hay is like the queen of affirmations yeah. um but she has lots of lovely books and courses online on Hay House website about learning to love yourself and there's an affirmation that I used that really helped me when I was trying to stop being so critical of my body and my image and that affirmation is I accept myself and love myself so one thing that I started doing a few years ago that really helped me was any time that I caught myself being critical, like maybe looking in the mirror, pulling at something I didn't like that I saw, I would switch immediately to I accept myself and love myself. And I didn't believe it at first, but I just kept drilling it in and drilling it in. And after a while, like I, I no longer allowed that negative dialogue around my body image. And thankfully now I don't have that. Um, at times my eating behavior can be funny, but um, I don't have that inner critic around my body image and I'm able to kind of come back from a, a, an episode a lot quicker with a lot more compassion. Yeah, it's amazing. And I suppose for me, I think I, I can totally relate to a certain extent because I, I'm a lover of a can of Coke. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and I know if my wife is listening, she'd be like more than a lover, I'd say you're more <laughs> now than anything else, but it's complete emotional, um, I just go to it when I'm feeling crappy or when I'm having a bad day. All I want is to just read for that kind of coke. So it's it's a very hard process to try and counteract and try to kind of not say overcome, but I've kind of gone to the stage now where I'm I'm going, okay, I can have that kind of coke when I drink three liters of water or two liters of water. And it seems to be helping, but it's it's a process, isn't it? I just find it's it's I suppose it's really down to your emotions and how you feel, I think, isn't it? definitely yeah and I think you know this past year like through COVID and the lockdown and people have been very hard on themselves about gaining weight and things like that but like we're looking for comfort in any way that we can right now because we don't have access to what normally gives us comfort which might be our, our loved ones and hugs from friends and family so <clears throat> excuse me so yeah it's it's definitely there's an emotional um element to eating for sure and and what helps you now is it your positive I suppose the the reframing the um negative dialogue is is that kind of the main thing or what would be the you know the tools that you use now to if a bad day does come up and you kind of maybe slip into or tempted to slip into old habits how do you manage that um I suppose it's a combination of things now from my my own growth journey that support me or that help me um but I suppose I'm better at 
feeling my emotions and being with my emotions now whereas in the past I might have used food a lot more to run away from my emotions or distract or avoid Mm -hmm. and so just being able to check in with myself and how I'm feeling and I now have an awareness that in order to heal whatever emotion I'm feeling that might be upsetting me or that yeah. might be uncomfortable I need to to feel it and to release it that feeling is healing I think that's really important because that awareness is I have this is my first year of my whole life where I know we're only 14 or 15 days in whatever date it is um I haven't had a negative thought um this year okay and I know it's only two wow. but for someone you know my story for someone who has battled with uh, depression, anxiety, three different suicide attempts. This is the first time that I've ever experienced a prolonged period of time, more than a few days, where I've actually gone, oh, this is, this is great. Um, and it comes down to that, I suppose, that awareness of, okay, what are my emotions telling me? I used to be really afraid of my emotions. I used to be so afraid of them because they were always so negative. Um, but I started to kind of, I suppose, use my emotions as a warning sign, as a, as a gauge to whether things are good or bad. So if I was experiencing good emotions, great. Um, we normally don't take heed of when we're experiencing good emotions. We just take them for granted. But when that negative emotion starts to come in, I used to, before I used to always shut it down. Whereas now I see it and kind of go up and go, okay, I see it. Uh, I accept it. I, I'm not resisting it. And I, what is it telling me? What what situation is is not serving me right now? What can I change? Mm. And that has been the the catalyst for for my growth and my happiness at the moment. That I just, yeah, the emotions come in. I do have those negative emotions from time to time, but you just catch them and let them come in. Don't resist them. Don't fight them. Be aware of them and go, okay, well, how can I change this? Because inevitably, we're we're always in control, aren't we? That's it. Yeah, that's really powerful. And um, it, it can be very challenging to just try and do that for yourself if you've never done that for yourself. So like for me personally, 2020, I did a lot of that. And I worked with another coach, Elaine Doyle, who helped me to really start to feel and process my emotions and a lot of breath work as well, like breathing through the emotion and breathing into the emotion. And that's what I would do with a lot of clients as well to help them to to release emotional blockages would be just even breathing into wherever you feel that emotion I think a lot of us are so in our head we're very disconnected from our body and our bodies are so wise they they store so much information they store so much emotion um and in many of my coaching sessions if emotions come up for a client I might ask them where in their body do they feel they might be holding that and a lot of the time it's very difficult for them to identify where it is but when they do we can breathe into that space so do some deep breathing and kind of see if we can release some of that Um, and there's so much power in that so that's something that I would do for myself now and I'm able to do that Um, but for many people it's very difficult to start doing that without some help or without some support whether it's with the therapist or counselor or coach or whatever it is um but it's definitely worth investing in in that work yeah exactly um beliefs um i i heard you mention them previous um i'm a big believer in our beliefs um they i suppose they influence our thoughts which influence how we feel which influence how we act which influence our results which then influence our beliefs again so i know that sounds very complicated but i think the foundation of of 
of how we feel and how we think are what we believe to be true. So um, I'd like to go back and, and maybe, I suppose, talk to you about that, that feeling of not being good enough. Um, something I absolutely struggle with as well. And I think many people do. I, 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 I just think it's something that a lot of people do um, struggle with. So I suppose where, how would you recommend or in your, I suppose, practice in, in empowerment coaching, what's the first step that you will do to, to bring people around to, I suppose, first of all, becoming aware of the beliefs that are serving them and second of all, to, I suppose, reframe them? Yeah, so I suppose it's different with everyone and everyone has their own unique story, maybe that's holding them back or that's limiting them. Um, and it can be helpful to explore how the story came about to kind of be able to see it, to see where it stemmed from. Um, and again, it's about, you know, tuning into the feeling, what feeling it's creating and the emotions that you might be holding around that story within your body and maybe releasing it that way. And then, you know, looking for evidence of the opposite can be really helpful too. Um, but so I suppose it's very unique for each person how I might go yeah. about challenging these beliefs. But I can give an example from, we'll say, the vision board workshops that I run. I would help people to look at their limiting beliefs. And maybe one thing I could suggest is to maybe look at what are the benefits that you're getting from telling yourself that old story that might be yeah. limiting you, because there usually are some benefits. And one of the biggest benefits usually is that it's keeping you safe and in your comfort zone. So it's stopping you from stepping out of your comfort zone. Um, but just to give another example, we say a limiting story that I would have had a couple of years ago would be that I, I'm useless at making small talk. So I would have felt really awkward around new people and the benefits that I was getting would be, you know, let's say I was at a wedding and we were at a table with people we didn't know. I'd get to just sit there and not make an effort and not even try because I'm awkward and look, I'm proving that I'm awkward. Nobody's really talking to me and everything is awkward. Yeah. So it, um, I was not helping myself, but I was getting a benefit in that I didn't have to, to yeah. do anything. I didn't have I to put in the effort. The, the results, I suppose, like, you know, the inaction based on the belief kind of caused a, a certain result, but that, those results, I think, reaffirm your beliefs. So, you know, maybe the small talk. Well, if I don't do the small talk, then you know what? Maybe I won't confirm it to myself. Do you know that kind yeah. of? So we we kind of we don't tend to step outside of our comfort zone. But a lot of the time, for me, and I don't know if it's the same for you or if or if you experience this, but I found a lot of my identity was tied up in in my beliefs. So I would have always gone with the script of, um, you know, I'm not good enough, and I always led with my dad died by suicide that became a huge huge part of my script to the point where i felt and i've only kind of discovered this in in 2020 i had a lot of time to think and process but that a lot of my identity was tied up with with feeling not good enough but also i was so connected to my dad by being sad mm -hmm. and it was probably one of the hardest things to let go of because a lot of my connection to him was, you know, I don't have any memories, but, you know, me being sad and him being sad, knowing he, he was sad, that was my biggest, biggest connection to him. So part of letting that go was a part, like letting that belief go was, was kind of, in a way, really hard to let the, oh, how am I going to connect to my dad now, <laughs> you know? Mm. So it's been such a journey, but often those beliefs are so uh, held in 
in our whole entire body and mind that it's, it's really hard to let go of. Would you have experienced some of your identity tied up in your beliefs or? Um, maybe not to the same extent. And thanks for sharing that. Um, uh, like, let's say that story about not being good at making small talk when I became aware of that and, and how it was actually limiting me and holding me back. I decided to write a new story or a new affirmation that that I enjoy the challenge or I embrace the challenge of connecting with other people. And when I just started thinking that way, when I was going into a situation where I knew I was going to be meeting new people, I was going in with that attitude that I embrace the challenge of connecting with other people and it allowed me to get out of my own head and my own world and actually take an interest in someone else and say, you know, ask them questions to see if we could make a connection. And it kind of became almost a little game or a challenge for myself. And it was as simple as that, just changing the story just made me feel a bit different going into the situation. And it wasn't that I was flipping it on its head and saying, I'm excellent at making small talk because I wouldn't have believed that and I wouldn't have felt that to be true. Whereas I could feel, okay, I'm ready to take on a challenge and I'll embrace that. Um, So changing your story for maybe an affirmation or a mantra or whatever you want to come up with yourself but I think it has to feel good to you, whatever it is, whatever new story that you're writing for yourself. Um, I would see you as the queen of affirmations for, for who I follow. Oh, thank <laughs> Talk you. to me about the power of affirmations and how they help. Oh, they're just amazing for me anyway. Um, so I have lots of different decks and I actually have uh, a deck of affirmation cards coming out a little later this Amazing. year. Woo-hoo. Yeah, so I'm very excited. I'm working with a graphic designer at the moment and Amazing. it's so exciting. Um, so I, I have loads of different decks of affirmation cards that help me and it's just part of my morning ritual. I don't have a set routine in the morning. I, I used to try and be really rigid about everything that I did in the morning being the exact same, being prescribed, but um, I kind of go with with what feels good in the morning, but definitely pulling an affirmation card. It's it's such a simple and quick thing to do. Um, and it just sets me up for the day with one thought to focus on, one positive, powerful thought to focus on. So what I usually do is I'll pull a card from my deck. I might kind of ground myself or do a bit of breathing or a bit of meditation beforehand and just tune into the energy of the deck and just pull a card at random that I feel drawn to and let that be my message for the day. And then I'll usually write in my journal or my planner, just write out that affirmation at the top of the page. And I pick a word of the day as well that will usually stem from that affirmation just to keep me focused on that thought for the day. Um, But there are so many ways that you can use affirmations. You can use them to challenge your limiting stories or your limiting beliefs. Um, I have lots of clients who will come up with their own affirmations through our sessions and maybe write them on post-it notes, put them around the house, make them their screensavers. Um, I have clients who would put them on the back of their bathroom door because they know every time they sit down the toilet, they'll see them. (laughs) So so the more the more you can be exposed to these positive affirmations and an affirmation is just kind of a a, a positive statement of certainty there's a certainty to it um and an affirmation is usually written in the present tense that makes it more powerful it's usually personal in some way if if you want to make it personal um and yeah it's just you know our thoughts impact on our feelings and like the law of attraction is all about your thoughts plus your feelings are, are creating your reality so whatever you're thinking about is generating a feeling so if you're thinking i'm not good enough then you're going to feel 
maybe yeah. hopeless. Whereas if you're thinking something like an affirmation might be, I am whole and complete, yeah. then you're kind of feeling, okay, well, there's actually nothing missing within me. I'm, I'm fine as I am, no matter what I'm doing, no matter where I am. And um, so, yeah, I'm a huge fan of affirmations. Do you see affirmations? Because I suppose the way I look at affirmations for me at the moment personally would be my I am statements. So mm -hmm. making sure that when I say I am, that it's supported by something positive rather than something negative. Because again, the identity, I don't want my I am you know, not good enough to be part of my identity. So that's kind of how I'm working with them at the moment. But And I may be wrong, but um, when I first heard of affirmations I used to crack myself up I used to write down I will win the lotto I have won the lotto um talk to me about the power behind affirmations do you think it's belief or like it, it's all well and good to to say something or write something down as if you have it but what would tend to block an affirmation from 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 working or, or is that possible um I suppose again if the wording didn't sit with you like as I said there if I was to flip I'm useless at making small talk to I'm brilliant at making small talk if I'm to flip it on its head I mightn't believe it or it mightn't feel right for me um so I think it's all about the feeling that it creates and like for me let's say the, the work that I've done around my body image and using Louise Hay's affirmation of I accept myself and love myself so maybe it didn't feel believable at the start but you can use affirmations that maybe don't feel real to you at the beginning but if you if you repeat them enough yeah. then you might start to feel it and there's great power as well in saying affirmations in front of the mirror aloud okay. Look, looking yourself in the eye and saying them aloud and seeing what feelings that brings up it might be very uncomfortable at the start but yeah. sticking with it and persisting with it if you really do want to change a story mm. um so so yeah, it, it's like when you think about your own limiting stories that maybe it's I'm not good enough. Like that's something that you maybe internalized at one point in your life. And then you started telling it to yourself more often and started maybe looking for evidence of it and kept building on it and kept telling yourself that. So that became your belief. So it's the same with affirmations. If you, if you want to get an affirmation to work, mm -hmm. then the more you're exposed to it, Okay. The more you start to remember it, the more you start to go to that as your thought mm -hmm. and the more you start to believe it and the more that can eventually become your actual belief about yourself. So that's why I would say, you know, if there's an affirmation that really works for you, put it everywhere, put it where you're going to see it often and say it aloud, say it yourself. If, uh, if the opposite thought comes up, jump in with that affirmation, remind yourself of it, write it down. And the more that you are exposed to that positive affirmation, the more you might start to believe it and, and actually feel it. So there's kind of two ways around it that you can keep yeah. exposing yourself to a positive affirmation until it feels good to you mm. and you start to believe it. Or if you're writing your own affirmations, just making sure that they feel good maybe at the start. Yeah, uh, what we think about, we bring about. So I suppose that's probably where it stems from. But um, just to, uh, this is probably a bit of an off topic, not even off topic, but for me, a mindset is um, simplify it's an assumption about either ourselves or the world or an event or a particular thing. Um, so I would always, when I'm coaching people, you know, what, what are your assumptions about yourself and what are your assumptions about life? And I think when we start to look at our assumptions, um, it'll uh, uncover our belief systems and I think that's one of the first questions because belief 
beliefs are the bedrock of that. So that's probably why I kind of went around and asked you, you know, you, do you have to believe things are, so it's nice to know that you can actually, through the, the power of law of attraction and, and visualization and affirmations that you can really start to, to change your internal dialogue, to change your assumptions. Um, manifestation visual, visualization, again, the queen of that too. So <laughs> talk to me more about that. <laughs> I will. And, and just to go back to, to believing in affirmation, um, I used to use uh, a planner it was by Callum Best used to make the the best me life planner which is brilliant and at the end of each day there was a space it said I am and then there was a space for you to write in whatever you wanted and it, it, there was a reminder that you're always manifesting okay. so for example when I was training to be a personal trainer I used to write down that I am an excellent personal trainer I help my clients um to to break through to transform to achieve the results that they want so before I even barely started the yeah. person training course, I was writing that down so that when the time came that I qualified, I actually felt that I was already in that role. I was ready to step into that role. Yeah. Um, so there's huge power in the I am statements yeah. and writing them down in the way that you'd like to feel. Mm -hmm. And the more you do that, the better. Mm -hmm. um, so I just wanted to mention that. Yeah, but yeah. Um, so manifesting and the law of attraction, yeah. What would you like to know? <laughs> Everything. No, go on. Um, for anybody who doesn't know about it, but is curious maybe and, and doesn't know where to start, probably what would be the best advice? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've been a huge fan of manifesting and the law of attraction and vision boards are a part of that uh, since 2011, since we were in Australia and saw Dr. John Martini speak that first time. Um, so... The law of attraction, as I mentioned, it's it's about your thoughts plus your feelings are creating your reality. So if you're, uh, I'm trying to think of an example, if you're thinking that, um, that I'm an amazing public speaker and you're feeling nobody really wants to hear what I have to say, there's a huge yeah. conf conflict in those two. So that's going to really lock yourself, would say, from from attracting what you want to attract. Um, so it's about aligning your thoughts plus your feelings and vision boarding is a great way to do that. So um, when I am trying to manifest something, I suppose the first step I would always take before I kind of decide what it is that I want to manifest is consider my values. So what's important to me before I decide on what goals I'm setting for myself or what it is that I want to attract into my life and just making sure that they're aligned um, so your values are simply what's important to you and what, what are your highest priority values. And if you can set goals and if you want to achieve or attract things that are aligned with that, then you're, that's where you're going to be most powerful. Um, so then vision boarding and visualization are really powerful tools for, for manifesting. And the other thing is trying to find the balance between effort and surrender i think that's one of the biggest challenges of manifesting too so i'll just touch on the vision boards first of all so a vision board is basically a visual representation of the life that you want to attract for yourself or the life that you want to create it's a combination of maybe pictures images words quotes that capture the things that you want in your life and it should inspire you it should light you up and when you look at your vision board um whether 
it's just in passing or whether you subconscious or whether you consciously sit down and look at your vision board there's messaging going in when you think about the power of advertising we'll say and the influence that that has if you're seeing your vision board regularly you will start to become more aware of opportunities in your day-to-day life of things that might move you towards those things Mm. um and then visualization is simply where you maybe let's say you have a dream of of building your dream home let's say in the countryside so a powerful visualization tool that I love to use is just to set uh, my timer on my phone for maybe three minutes and close my eyes and just go to the moment where I already have that thing so in my mind I will go to that to sitting out the back of that dream home in the countryside surrounded by beautiful trees and privacy and nature and use all of your senses to bring that experience to life so really try and focus on what can you hear what can you smell what can you taste right what can you see and the more you can can connect with that image and the more you can feel what it's like to actually have it already that creates a new energy or a new vibration which is going to help you to attract that into your life so that's how we can get our thoughts and our feelings working together by doing a visualization like that because you know what it feels like to have it so having that feeling it can actually help with the surrender part too because you know that it's there it's in existence it just hasn't manifested yet but you know what it's like and you know how it feels and you know that it's coming to you Mm. so trying to find the balance then between um effort and surrender so obviously you can't just say i'm going to manifest this put it on my vision board and sit back and do nothing you might be lucky it might work for you but uh it is important to take some action towards the things that you want but if you're taking action from a place of fear that it's not going to happen i need to keep focusing i need to keep taking action and if you have this maybe like death grip attachment to to the outcome that i need to have it i need to have it that, that kind of gets you focused on the lack of having it and you get kind of desperate and you cut yourself off from the power of the universe to support you so it's about taking action from a place of faith and trust that it is coming to you and that surrender part for me was was very difficult for a long time and um just to share one example so uh i obviously became pregnant in 2020 but we had been trying for a baby for two years and i feel that i really cut myself off from making that happen because I got so fixated on the fact that it wasn't happening that's all I could think about I it was all I could talk about I remember talking to so many friends and close colleagues and that and I feel I brought the conversation around to that so many times that it's not happening and this and that and I was blocking myself but um something that really helped me with the surrender part was connecting with my feminine energy I was very cut off from that for a very long time um so everyone has masculine and feminine energy we all have both so the masculine is the doing it's the being productive it's the goal setting it's being strategic and logical and rational whereas the feminine energy is the the being it's the surrender it's connecting with your intuition it's being creative it's the flow and um i had been so dominated like we can be dominated by one or the other we can be stronger in one than the other and for me I was definitely more dominated by my masculine energy for a very long time and while I achieved a lot because of it I did a lot I was probably my my whole body was in a state of stress a lot of the time because I didn't know how to just be I didn't know how to rest and switch off now my husband would say that I still don't know how to rest and switch (laughs) off but I see a difference and I feel a difference um so 
connecting with my feminine energy definitely helped me with the surrender part. And again, that took the support of, of one of my coaches, Elaine Doyle, at the time. She helped me <clears throat> with through doing womb meditation, so connecting with my womb space, um, uh, through women's circles, just connecting with other women and, you know, being collaborative with other women and being open and vulnerable and sharing with other women as opposed to being in competition with every other woman you know it's yeah. it's changing that narrative too and these are things that really helped me and supported me to connect to that feminine energy which allowed me then to surrender and I suppose even just embracing my spirituality a bit more which is feminine too and um, that all helped me with the surrendering and trusting that that I was going to have my baby when I was going to have my baby and within a very short space of time of actually fully surrendering and not being so trying to control everything, it, it happened naturally. Um, so there's huge power in surrendering. And there is actually a great book and a great deck of affirmation cards called The Power of Surrender by Dr. Judith Orloff. I'm just finishing that book at the moment, but it's an amazing read if anyone is struggling with that element of things, the, the surrendering piece. I'm just going to give you a little bit of a round of applause here for, for being pregnant. Yay! Um, congratulations. It's incredible. Um, you, you touched on something there that I, I suppose I have two questions. Um, well, one question. Is that um, coming to your feminine um, energy for guys as well? Or is it solely for women to experience? Oh, yeah. yeah. I would say, you know, for me, I think finding the balance between the energies is the most powerful thing, regardless of your gender. Mm. Um, so when we're dominant in one, we're cut off from the other and we might be blocking ourselves in some way. So for me, just finding that balance is really important. And it wasn't about disconnecting with, from my masculine because they both serve each other. The masculine yeah. serves the feminine, the feminine serves the masculine. And the greater the balance, the more power we have. So, you know, when I think about setting up my own business in this past year as well, like finding that balance between the energies has definitely helped me a lot because you know, I had to take action. I have to, had to create the website. I have to do this, that. There's a lot of doing to set up a business and to to start working with clients. And if I was just totally in my feminine, the, my my taxes and my money and the invoice thing and the appointment times would be all over the place. So they both serve each other. So I think it's about finding the balance between the two. Whereas if I had remained so dominant in my masculine energy I might have been pushing and forcing the business thing too much and it might be almost at a you know being desperate yeah. and coming across as desperate so it's kind of finding that balance. I think it's very interesting because um, I'm starting to kind of really hone in on we can become quite um, more like human doings rather than human beings so we forget about that balance so I think it's very interesting to to hear you speak about it because the more that we can, I suppose, start to become human beings and actually just be, um, be present, be be mindful, all that kind of stuff, um, the more we'll find balance and clarity and fulfillment. So um, I'm definitely going to be checking that out. Yeah. And the other thing around that is I think, I think 2020 has helped us and helped yeah. our society in that regard because I think all along our society has really put the masculine energy on a pedestal and you know put achieving and doing on a pedestal mm -hmm. and that has created a stress on all of us that we feel we need to always be on the go we always need to be doing and we're looking at everyone else and saying what's she achieving what's he doing and I'm not doing enough 
Whereas I think this past year has put a lot of things into perspective and has helped us all to realize the value of just being. We've all had to slow down and well, some more than others. I know people that are homeschooling and working from home and might have lots of things going on and might not be finding the time to just be. But I think we've all started to appreciate the importance of even just being with our friends and being with our families. Um, So I think maybe there's a shift coming about in society where where the masculine will be taken down off that pedestal and there will be more of a balance for people. Um, what advice would you give your younger self? Um, what advice would I give my younger self? I think I would say that you have everything that you need within you to be do have create whatever it is that you desire and i would also say get clear on your values find out what your values are it'll give you a lot of direction mm-hmm. um because i think you know i got through school fine i got through my arts degree fine and i never really knew where i was going and what i was doing and as a result i was putting other people on pedestals and injecting their values into my life and saying she's doing that and she looks really successful and happy maybe I need to do that and then it wasn't right for me because it wasn't aligned with my values so yeah that there's nothing missing within you and that um go investigate your values and it will give you some direction in your life that's cool and one very last question who's your biggest inspiration my biggest inspiration um (laughs) I've lots of inspirations, I suppose. Um, if I was to pick one one person in the world of personal development, maybe That's that has inspired me the most, because obviously, you know, my parents yeah. inspired me, my husband, all that. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, if I'm to pick one person in the the area of personal development, it would definitely be Dr. John Demartini. His work has just had such a profound impact on my life um doing the breakthrough experience with him a year and a half ago was like a dream come true and what I got from that intensive weekend was so powerful um so his work definitely has had the greatest impact on me I would say so yeah he inspires me a lot um thank you so much I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna mic drop there and ended on that on that note um I really appreciate your honesty your realness your authenticity um and just for being so genuine and for sharing your story um I really really appreciate it and I know it's going to give so much value to other people as well so thank you so much thank you so much Kira, for having me on and it's lovely to to be on the other side so you've been on my podcast so I really appreciate you having me back on and I've really enjoyed the chat so thank you no worries thanks so much